All right, everybody, welcome back to the Millennial Sales Podcast. This is episode 228. I'm your host, Tommy Tahoe, and this is where young salespeople come to uh, learn how to get better at the craft of sales, make more money, be more fulfilled, get the promotion you want, uh, learn the skill set, whatever it is. Uh, you've come to the right place. Really excited uh, about today's episode, really excited about everything going on uh, in the sales world. Uh, let's give just a quick shout out to the sponsors and then we'll get to the good stuff. Um, first sponsor, want to shout out Gong.io. Uh, I love Gong so much that I went to work there. Uh, the number one revenue intelligence platform. It is uh, irresponsible for a CRO to not have Gong, whether you are a small startup, whether you're an enterprise company, anywhere in between, uh, it will help you know more about your people, your competitors, and your deals. Uh, go to gong.io or just DM me on LinkedIn. I'm Tom Alamo. I'll point you in the right direction. I'll, I'll answer questions for you, uh, whatever it might be. Uh, so check them out. Also, postal.io. Uh, shout out to them for helping to create meaningful experiences with customers in a world where there's just mass automation. They can really personalize things that you send to customers or prospects or partners uh, like something from the brewery across town or the florist right on your local street corner. Uh, it's very cool. Uh, I personally use them for the handwritten notes that you could actually type out. So my you know, terrible handwriting doesn't show up when I send it to customers or to podcast guests. So um, shout out to them. Anyone that goes to Apple Podcasts uh, in the next month or so and leaves a five-star review for the show, they will get a free uh, gift card from Postal. So you could definitely check them out that way uh, or go to postal.io. Okay. For this week's episode or for today's episode, I've got Annie Pattinson. Uh, she is a corporate SDR in the UK for outreach. Um, we talk about a few things. We talk about creative selling. We get tactical on how she uses video, how she uses LinkedIn and her prospecting. Uh, we get silly at times. Uh, we talk about personal development. We talk about sales as a creative act. Uh, we cover uh, the whole gamut. I really enjoyed meeting Annie, really enjoyed um, what she had to say, and there's no doubt and there's no reason left behind of why she has not missed a month in all of her time at Outreach. So let's just get straight into my conversation with Annie Pattinson. Let's go. All right. Annie Pattinson, good uh, good evening to you uh, over in London. Welcome to Millennial Sales. Thank you, Tom. I'm very happy to be here. I think I might be your first London guest. You, that's a good question. I had someone in Switzerland and I had someone in the Netherlands. I think you are the first London guest. Well, I'm very honored. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, London is on my bucket list. I can't believe yeah, I've never been got, there. We've got to get you out here. I know it. I know it. Once COVID's over, that's one of the top spots I'd love to, uh, I'd love to check out. I, I, I always say that I would live there, even though I've never been there before. And I think you'll find when you come, it's just one of those cities that you'll get here and you'll feel like you've already been just because you'll seen it kind of in movies or read about it. And it's how I felt when I got to New York. I was like, I feel like I've just been here before because I've seen it everywhere. It's very familiar. Yeah. Yeah. I, and uh, I've heard that it's very similar to New York in a lot of ways. You, have you, you been in New York? A hundred percent. Yeah, I actually, I managed to get there last March just before COVID got really bad. 
Um, it was my first time and it was so weird actually walking down Fifth Avenue and it was like a ghost town and Brooklyn Bridge, I've got a picture and I'm the only person on the bridge pretty much, wow. which I've heard is very, very unusual. So, um, but yeah, very similar. Um, I say New York's a little bit more fast paced. We're maybe a little bit slower in London, but yeah, it's a very similar, similar vibe. A little more time in the pubs in London. <laughs> a little more time in the pubs for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I'm excited to uh, have you on and, and talk about this. So I, you know, the first thing I want to ask, I'm always interested in how people get into sales. And I think outreach is your first sales job, if I'm not mistaken. So I'd love to hear like why you took that job and why you decided to get into sales. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. It is my first sales job. I was in a completely different world. I was actually doing marketing for fashion and lifestyle. And um, a lot of what I was doing in that job was actually new business. I was doing some pitching and kind of looking at who we could bring into the agency. And when I was doing that, I kind of thought, I can make the career of this. I could do a job where you're actually, you know, rewarded on doing that. Um, so I started speaking around. I had one of my good friends working for a tech company um, doing sales. And I just explored the industry. I saw, um, I seeked out some mentors and, and people that I knew were doing well in sales, specifically women as well. Because as you can imagine, you know, coming from that world and hearing about tech, I was like, me, tech? I'm not yeah. sure it would necessarily align. But um, yeah, when I understood it, I just saw actually, um, it's not a kind of scary industry at all. It's extremely rewarding. It's an extremely exciting place to be and outreach was somewhere I just knew would be a really good place to grow. And I think the fact that we've got, you know, 60% of our exact team are female just goes to show we really encourage women in the tech sales industry. And um, yeah, I, I, I came across it through a recruiter and really haven't looked back since. <laughs> Yeah, that's a that's a great uh, first land as a, at a sales uh, job. And was Anna there as the CRO and like uh, that, like the other leaders there when you got there, just in terms of like kind of seeing the females at the top, because that is, you know, unfortunately still relatively rare to see at tech companies. So it must have been super encouraging if so. Yeah, totally. She was there and I'd heard so much about her. And I just remember going on my first all hands and just kind of hearing Anna speak and the way she talks. It's just you get excited, right? She has so much passion about outreach and so did the rest of the exact team. And, you know, in EMEA, we've got, you know, Tom Casley, who's our VP of sales. And the way that they talk about the, the product and the way the company's moving is just so inspiring. And for me, coming into the corporate world, hearing all of this, I couldn't help but want to, you know, jump on board, really. Yeah. In uh, in university, did you study, was it like marketing stuff or was it related to fashion or, or what did you study? So this is going to sound completely random, but I studied a, um, I was in humanity. So I studied theology, specializing in Eastern religions, um, as well as kind of a combination of how Eastern religions intertwine in the West, but so unrelated, you couldn't even imagine. <laughs> but um, yeah. no, it was good. It was a good time. That's, those are like, uh, that maybe isn't related to your job, but that's like the ultimate life skills right there, right? Like understanding right. the different, you know, spiritualities and, and philosophies and just like how the world works and things like that. Um, yeah. I'm just kind of dipping my toe into that world now, but like if you said Eastern 
philosophy, you know, when I was a junior in college, I would have no idea what that meant. Right. And do you know what's crazy? And I don't know about you where you're based, but in London, for example, you just see how much of that Eastern philosophy and religion is influencing into our culture. So everyone's doing Buddhism. There's a lot about mindfulness. People eat their Buddha bowls, meditation. It all kind of comes from those Buddhist roots. And I think it's just so fascinating the way that it's kind of infiltrated in. Um, so yeah, not related to sales at all, but definitely a very interesting area to to look into for sure. Yeah. Um, oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry. No, I was just I was just going to add actually a lot of um, a lot of the kind of things that we've been focusing on as well at outreach around kind of mental health and sales and mindset. A lot of the really good thought leaders and the really good speakers actually use kind of the self help that comes from Buddhism which is really interesting. So a lot of the books that you can read about, you know, mental health and detaching from the outcomes within sales um, and not making it too kind of, the kind of self-help all does come from that. So there's certainly some crossover, I guess, if you really look for it. <laughs> yeah, no, I think there's more crossover than people would probably give it credit for. I think um, in order to be successful in sales or, or probably most other things, you have to have a lot of those foundations, whether you're taking it from Buddhism or you're taking it from, you know, Tony Robbins or you're taking it from something else. Like you, you have to kind of detach from the outcome. You have to kind of focus on the things that you can control. You have to you know, be able to, to kind of understand and have self-awareness, like all these different things that, um, you know, some of the best sales leaders I know have some sort of spirituality, you know, Zen, you know, religious, whatever it is, kind of practice that grounds them so that, you know, they're taking care of themselves so that when they're with their team or they're with their customer or board or whatever they're doing, you know, they're able to be, you know, fully present and at their best level. So important. Yeah, totally. Um, so I want to get into sales because you're absolutely crushing it at outreach. Um, I think, you know, well over 200% the goal to your quota. Uh, we're going to knock on wood. Haven't missed a month uh, since touch you started. Words, touch wood, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> um, but absolutely killing it. So, um, and you mentioned, you know, one of the things that I think you're doing differently than, than maybe other folks or, um, kind of thinking outside the box is like what you're calling creative selling. And I love that because I think sales is a creative act, you know, just like writing is or just like drawing is. So I'd love to hear you uh, expand on that a little bit. Yeah, completely. Um, I think, yeah, that's kind of the whole part of it. I guess starting during COVID, I started outreach in May last year. So everyone was working remote and all of my prospects, I realized, you know, their inboxes are full to the brim because no one's meeting in person. It's all on email. No one's able to call offices. So their mobile phones are blowing up. And um, me and my colleague, Katie, we basically just realized we needed to do something creative to break through the noise because phone and email, it works, but it's not going to get you those top results necessarily in a place that's really saturated. So what I started to do and, you know, in outreach, we've, we've got the sequences that are kind of carved out for us. Um, and within those sequences, our third step is, is a LinkedIn step. And what I would start to do is I would, once I was connected, I'd be sending those prospects instead of an email on LinkedIn, I would be sending them a video. 
So what I would just do by that, I keep it really cheeky, really high level, and just basically introduce myself and personalize as much as I can, because it's just about that human to human. In that time when everything was kind of tricky and everyone was going through a really hard year, just seeing a face and someone that was, you know, making the effort to make them a video really took it that extra mile. Um, so yeah, I, I kind of start a video saying, you know, I'm sure you get a ton of sales emails all day, every day. So here I am making you a LinkedIn video. And after doing that, I've noticed that prospects, instead of just replying like, no, not interested, which was what would happen if I sent them an email, they'd actually go to the effort to tell me, A, hopefully book a meeting with me, B, give me a referral based on the fact I've made them all this effort. Or they go to detail to tell me why the reason for the no, why it wasn't a good fit. So I was able to kind of get through my account, see what was a good fit and what wasn't. Um, and I actually, yeah, I ended up sourcing a third of my pipeline from doing this. Um, <laughs> yeah, That's crazy. For sure, for sure. I just think, yeah. And now I've been playing around a little bit. I've been leveraging. Have you heard of the voice notes on LinkedIn? Oh yeah, I've been using them. Yeah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, so I, that's almost like, I love it. It's like a, a modern voicemail and yeah. you can kind of, you can play around with it. You know, you can leave them a, a voice note on LinkedIn telling them you've left them a voicemail on their phone, or you can say, Hey, I sent you this email or, you know, it's just about being creative with the process because everyone can send a personalized email. Not everyone's going to take the time to make a personalized video. And that's what's going to book you the meetings. And to be honest, that's a lot of how I've seen my success and how we're, you know, we're scaling this social selling throughout outreach. And yeah, we've been driving results. So definitely, definitely would recommend. And if there's anyone listening that would like to talk about it further, then please just reach out on LinkedIn because I'd be more than happy to talk about it. So let's break this down a little bit. Let's, just for the SDRs out there that are listening, yeah. Um, some people might be already familiar. They might be sending videos. Um, but let's just say for the person that's not right. Um, mm -hmm. like you, you're, you're almost speaking a foreign language then they're just cold calling all day long. So, um, you go into LinkedIn, you add them when you add them, I'm going to get very tactical for a minute, if that's okay. Go on. Do you put, do you put a message when you add them or you just, you just like connect with anyone that's in your sequence? Sure. So when I connect, I don't know why, but it, this seems to work. I'll say, for example, hi, Tom, would love to connect, exclamation mark. Don't ask me why, it works. <laughs> the exclamation Tom. is what does it. <laughs> it's the exclamation that gets people. And uh, typically, I'll, I, you know, I send my requests uh, in the afternoon, evening. I think it's mm -hmm. like social media, you know, people just tend to be more active in the evenings after work. Um, once I'm connected with them, I'll always wait a couple of days. No one likes someone that connects and sells. Yep. And um, a couple of days later, that's when I will I will send them my video and you can record it from your phone. You can record it from your laptop, whatever you'd like to do and whatever's comfortable for you. And you can upload it to your messages. And then the prospect never has to leave LinkedIn, which I think is really important. There are some amazing mm -hmm. tools out there like Vidyard, which sends videos through email. Um, personally, I leverage LinkedIn purely just because I haven't necessarily tried Vidyard yet. And for the people that their their minds are blown right now, do you use <laughs> a do you use a, a another like video provider like to get in there, or is it just like from your phone or from your laptop? Like you don't need a you don't need your company to like buy you something to do this. 
Is that right? Yeah, of course. So personally, I'm using a Mac and I will use my photo booth, which comes with Mac. Are you yep. familiar with that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I record it on that. Um, I know my colleague Katie, when she was doing videos, she'd just literally use her phone and be recording it straight um, from LinkedIn. You can just press the video and do it live. Now she's got a great memory. My memory is not so good, so I needed to do a practice. Um, but yeah, you can use, if you've got a Mac, you can use Photo Booth. If you've got a PC, I know there are other things out there that can let you record, which your company don't need to buy you, they are free. And then you're just uploading it straight onto LinkedIn. I love it. And my last question on this is, someone doesn't answer the video, yeah. What's your, and I'm sure you're emailing them and you're, you're calling them and all that good stuff. Mm -hmm. What's your, what's your follow up to that if they don't respond or do you just leave it? You know what, Tom, I love that you asked me that because that, <laughs> <laughs> that is where most of the replies come from, right? So we all know you send something out and it's about that follow up, the bump. Um, so what's happening then is two days after I've sent the video, I'll send the prospect a message and I'll say, would love some feedback on the video. Mm. Now, a prospect told me that the word feedback is a good, clever word because often a prospect will feel rude not replying. So it's a good way of being, you know, quite disarming and it's not too demanding. And typically that's when I get most of my replies and I book most of my meetings. Boom. So if we recap it, it's the third step. You're adding them, would love to connect, wait a few days, send the video, it's quick. Mm -hmm. It's cheeky, mm -hmm. as you'd say. I don't really necessarily 100% know what that means, but kind of <laughs> like being fun with it is how I take it. Uh, keeping it <laughs> casual. Um, no response. A couple days later, love some feedback on it. You're obviously hitting them on other channels. And then that's how you book, you know, $10 million of pipeline in a week. <laughs> $10 million, Tom. Wow. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know what? That's a good recap. And Cheeky, you've nailed it. Just be fun. Smile. Yeah. Have energy. Be someone that they'd want to take a meeting with. Um, I think that's the key to all of this. Yeah. I love it. Um, and then I want to pivot to some of the, the personal development that you do. Um, so you're telling me a little bit about how you kind of go back to the calls that you've had on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And, and some of the things that you do to work on up leveling yourself. So um, I'd love to hear on that as well. Yeah, um, definitely, definitely. So obviously um, we talked about when I started, I'd had no sales experience, was new to the corporate world. So realized quite quickly in outreach, fast growth, need to get up to speed pretty quickly. And um, when I started doing my cold calls, as I'm sure a lot of other SDRs will have, you know, you might have some great ones, you're going to have some absolute horrors, right? <laughs> <laughs> we all do. And you quickly realize that sales is going to be a bit of a wave that you're going to be riding on. And what I realized was actually, if I was to, as cringe and cheesy as it sounds, be able to control the smaller side of things, right? So just little things every day to try and make myself that 1% better. And that was going to have a huge impact later on on my cold call. So what I would do is I would go back into Gong, there you go, and I would, woo, and I would um, listen to the, the bad cold calls. Sometimes they're good, but I'd firstly kind of want to figure out the bad ones. And I was quite disciplined. I'd do it twice a week on a Tuesday and a Thursday, I still do. And I would play the call on Gong. And when the prospect asked me a question or the prospect said something, 
I would pause it. I then write down on a piece of paper how I think now I should respond or what I would say or the question that I'd then ask. And then I would play it and I'd hear what I said in reality. And by doing this twice a week, you realize that you can really break those bad habits. So I have this really bad habit where I would use loads of different filler words or I'd say things like, you know, 100%. I'd always be like 100%. (laughs) (laughs) And um, it was just a really good way of ironing these problems out and training myself. And I've spoken to other SDRs on the team and my team and they've implemented this kind of self-development and it's really, really improved their results and their cool conversion. So definitely just, it's not always about, you know, picking up the phones and doing the emails and the videos. It's about the stuff on the back end, um, little things like that, that is going to help you become that top performer. Yeah. And there, I mean, there's two ways to hit your goals, right? You, you increase the quantity, right? The, the amount that you're sending out and then you increase the quality. And this is working on the quality of your next call and your next email by, by doing that. And I love that you were mentioning uh, that you would, you would pause when it was your turn to speak on the call. You'd be like, this is what I would say. I would say this. And then you hear yourself of what you said and you're, Oh man, I can't believe I said hundred percent again, or <laughs> it was, you know, um, yeah. I just think that's, I think that's great to have the discipline that you're doing that twice a week. And then that you're also really taking it seriously and trying mm. to find those little areas that you can continue to improve. Yeah. I was about to say hundred <laughs> <laughs> percent. It clearly haven't, I haven't ironed it out that much, have I? <laughs> that was perfect. That was perfect. Um, I got to ask before, um, I know we're getting close on time, but I always have to know um, whether it's, you know, outside of, of outreach. So like other mm. ways that you're, you're working on personal development or things you're interested in, like whether it's, you know, books, podcasts, YouTube videos, people that you follow on Instagram that, you know, inspire you, anything that you've been, you know, that, that has impacted you or that you've been binging on recently or um, mm. anything interesting. I, I'd, I'd love to hear it. Of course. Um, well, one that's, you know, sales related, a book that actually I say transformed the way I sell was a book called Gap Selling by Keenan. Mm-hmm. Have you read it? I have. Yeah. It's good. Um, it's, it just kind of really put everything into perspective for me. And especially when you're talking to those people that are C-suite or you're speaking to the VPs. And it just really helped me understand what they're looking for and how to speak in their language. You know, identifying with your prospects where they are now and where it is that we can get them to in the next six months. So doing that time traveling um, because my VP Tom Cassidy is, you know, a, a, a big kind of preacher on this and he, he trains us really well. Um, also with the influence of kind of Skip Miller too, but it's just about, you know, they're not going to be focused in, in the present. They're going to always be looking forward. Right. Um, so it just kind of helped me understand that and it really compounded that knowledge. So I'd say that book is something that I recommend any salesperson to read, um, I wish I read it earlier in my career, to be honest, because it really was a bit of a light bulb moment when I when I got got through it. Um, I think also something that's so important and something that I definitely started doing more and more of, more and more of, especially working at home. And it sometimes becomes a little bit harder to have that separation between work and play, especially when you're sat in your room doing cold calls yeah. and you're not around <laughs> your friends, you know, having a bit of a laugh. Um, 
it's finding activities to just kind of de-stress the mind after a day of work. So my housemates um, really into sustainability and um, obviously, you know, sustainable fashion and clothes and things that I'm also interested in too. And she's got a sewing machine and she's been teaching me just small little things, you know, how can I impact um, sustainability by going through my wardrobe and finding little things that I can, rather than just buying new things, I can then sew and mend myself. So we'll be together and we'll be doing sewing and trying to, you know, recycle our clothes and be more sustainable. And it just, those small little actions just completely help you unwind, you know? It's just those little mindful things, a new mm-hmm. skill that you're learning outside of work that can just completely help you switch off. Because when you're doing something like that, it's 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 physical and you're just like, you're there, you're focused on that thing. It's kind of like, you know, sometimes I'll like cook after work, right? And it's the same kind of thing. Like if you're chopping an onion, you're not thinking about your cold call from earlier that day. You're, you're like thinking about that or you're thinking about what you're knitting. Um, uh, so I love that. Completely, yeah. It's completely random and not necessarily what I'd be expected, what I thought I'd be doing with my time in lockdown, but I love it. And I recommend anyone who is like me, I'm a bad consumer. I love my clothes. I'll be always <laughs> going online to find new things. And, you know, the shops have been closed, which has probably been a good thing for me and for the environment. But <laughs> I'm definitely trying to do my little bit to to make it better and, and try and mend my favorite pieces so that, that, you know, I can wear them again and I'm not just buying new things and doing the sewing to, to switch off. So, yeah, random, but that's kind of, that's what's been going on. We love random on this podcast. Um, Annie, you <laughs> dropped some you dropped some bombs today. Um, I appreciate you coming on. You're the real deal. Um, two very tactical things that, I mean, you don't have to be an SDR for either of those. Anyone that's trying to sell anything can use the LinkedIn video audio tip and can use the, you know, kind of play things back, whether in Gong or if you are unfortunate and, and are using something else. Uh, you know, to go and and do that. So uh, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, I had a blast. I'm so grateful for you having me. It was a real, real pleasure. Thanks, Tom. And oh, and on LinkedIn is the best place that people have questions for you, Annie Pattinson or Annabelle Pattinson. Yeah, LinkedIn, I'm Annabelle Pattinson, corporate world. Um, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah, feel free to send me an invite. I'm happy to talk through anything that God forbid was interesting today that I spoke about. (laughs) Awesome. Thanks, Annie. All right. Thanks, Tom. All right, everybody. Thanks for checking out that podcast while you're walking the dog, while you're cooking up your stir fry, while you're at the gym, whatever you're doing. Um, Two things. Number one, uh, please head over to uh, Apple and give this show a five-star review. Uh, Send that to me on LinkedIn and I'll give you a, a free Starbucks gift card. Would really appreciate it. That's what helps this show to grow. Should only take you a minute. And second, One more shout out to our sponsors, Gong and Postal. Please give those folks a shout out. Hit them up on LinkedIn. Check out their websites. Uh, They can do wonders for your business. That's all I got for you today. Peace.